0: Welcome to another session with the Market Dominance Guys, a program exploring all the high-stakes speed bumps and off-ramps of driving to the top of your market with our host, Chris Beal from Connect and Sell and Corey Frank from Branch 49. Scientific methods have a place in sales, whether it's to keep existing customers happy or to continue building the pipeline. David Delaney of 10 bound says you create a hypothesis of what your messaging is going to be. And then you run an experiment on it and report on the results of the methodology that you're using. Do a little bit more research, change it up, make a new hypothesis, run the same structure over and over again, basically for the rest of your life. Unless you're willing to continuously reevaluate what is working and what is not, it will all stop working and static growth or loss of business is inevitable. Chris, Corey, and David have solutions for you. They suggest that you look at the efficiency of the people and the processes and the technology that you have in place right now. A lot of companies have a tech stack that they just don't really optimize. And they don't look at it from the perspective of setting it up correctly to really be able to get all the juice out of it. Evaluate the value of what's on hand versus coming up with some new silver bullet that's going to solve everything. Listen to this episode of Market Dominance, guys science, silver bullets, and evaluating variables.
1: From a sales methodology structure, as Chris had said about the conversation earlier, what do you see out there? And from your position as a thought leader, having a purview 40,000 feet to see what seems to be working, you can see the curvature of the earth, so to speak, in the space more so than a lot of us who are myopically focused on today and today's dials. So what is an effective structure to run a cold call at a tactical level
2: that if I'm a BDR manager, I should start to employ for for my team? We kind of boiled it down, and there's a blog, I can give the link to you guys, into applying the scientific method to sales development. And essentially, if you think of the ancient scientific method of You create a hypothesis of what your messaging is going to be, and then you run an experiment on it and report on the results of the methodology that you're using, do a little bit more research, change it up, make a new hypothesis, and run the same structure over and over again, basically for the rest of your life. And so taken down to a practical level, If you're an SDR manager and you're sitting there, you have to start somewhere. So what is the script that has potential and that you can hypothesize is going to work in your market? And for example, Chris, the 27 seconds script, right? Let's start with that and roll it out and get enough conversations to be able to have some data, see what's working and what's not, and then report on it, make changes, and roll it out again in a different format until you can find something that starts to work. And then you got to start over with a new hypothesis and roll it out again. And if you think about it, it's really applying just basic project management to script development and cold calling. You got to just keep doing it over and over again.
3: It's interesting, though. There's a very interesting dynamic. And I'm an old physicist, as you know. So mm-hmm. what goes on in the lab is not a mystery to me, at least from direct experience. The hardest thing about science is controlling the variables sufficiently mm-hmm. that you can evaluate the experimental results. Like hypotheses are easy, setting up yeah. experiments is mid hard. Evaluating experimental outcomes is very, very hard because you don't know if you've controlled all the variables going in. And when we, when it comes to human interactions, the number of variables and the range of values that they can take is stunningly large, mm. stunningly like the variables around tone of voice within the first seven seconds of phone call. If I were to attempt to break it down and get a, get a handle on it and say, what are they? You know, I've got the words and then I have the timing, and then I have the tone, the up and down that's going on. Then I have the loudness. I have have all this, right? So what do I get? Probably, I'm going to take a quick guess, Um, 500 million interesting variations in the first seven seconds that could make a difference. So now I've got to make an assumption. A bunch of them don't, but I don't have experimental evidence that says they don't because I couldn't control them in the first place. So I end up in a very funny place when I'm trying to do Uh, but I'll call good science in a hard field where the variables are just a bitch to put under control. You know, I once measured the speed of light in a room about the size of half of this condo. Now, light goes really, really, really fast. So how are you going to, you know, you can't use a stopwatch. It took me four months every day for four hours a day to set that experiment up to the point where I could push the button and try it. And it took another two months to analyze the data and see whether I found anything. That's easy. It's just a like going down and coming back. Right. <laughs> right. right. And I'm not the worst scientist who ever lived. I'm not the best either. I'm not a great experimental scientist, but I'm not like a total doofball at the stuff. Right. I love the idea, but mm-hmm. then I think, so where do our sales managers come from? Were they the ones that hung out with me and, those advanced physics and math classes and thought a lot about experimental protocols and never uh, go with the temptation to change two variables at the same time. Cause I mean, what could go wrong, right? I have an example today, right now, today, I'm looking at it on the, on the screen. My team is doing an experiment and the idea of the experiment was to have four of our SDRs operate in a different regime, which we call connect on live voice and do so with only what we call fast phone numbers, which is people that evidence from our 200 million phone calls most recently tell us are real answerers of the phone picker upper types, right? Do you think that experiment was done cleanly? This is my shot. (laughs) I'm looking at it right now. They're supposed to be running all on connect on live voice. I go over to session type. Uh, Let's see if anybody ran on connect on target, the opposite type. Yes, why? because they thought it would work better and they get paid for meetings. This is a hard field, (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) It's such a hard field that any of us are unlikely to reinvent very much of it during the 17 months we have before our asses are fired.
2: (laughs) That's
3: That's true. So I think you're recommending a great program, but when I watch it, it's a little bit like It has a funny feeling. It's like, hey, Chris, why don't you become a world-class Sudoku player, but you're not allowed to watch the YouTube videos of that dude. You're going to be in a tournament in 17 months. And if you don't win, we kill you.
2: Right. (laughs) Easier said than done, for sure. And and, uh, if you look at the way that it's done now in a lot of organizations is they're just sort of either doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, which we know is the definition of (laughs) insanity, or they're out there learning and they're getting feedback from the market or getting utter silence from the market, but they're not putting that learning into practice and trying to improve the message. So there's just really no, even if it's a loose project-managed, experiment over the course of
3: a couple of weeks. It's better, it's than, better nothing. than nothing. <laughs> yeah. I love better than nothing. By the way, we have a whole episode on something like It's better than nothing. That. I mean, this podcast is really about hoping that some people will say, oh, those two old mothers are on that thing. It's, it's entirely possible. And they both seem kind of like they read a lot, you know, and think a lot about stuff and they've done something. But maybe if they say, don't ever do that thing, it. Even if it works, it's a bad idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny you say that, Reedy. So to your point, so this is my new latest read here, right? Maybe you've seen the podcast with Jerry Seinfeld, right? Um, Right. Comedians and Cars and Kidding. And one of the elements they talk about here is this, um, they're going to butcher it, but with George Carlin, right? The famous comedian who passed several years ago. And he was interviewed, Jerry Seinfeld was interviewed. And he said, you know, how many times can you really kill as a comedian? like slay it on stage. People are bent over, just laughing, tears, just kill. And that's their definition of a meeting is, did you kill? Not to just go out and just perform your set, but did you kill? And Carlin says, I believe that at the top of our profession, a comedian has no more than seven good hours of material inside of them. That's it. Seven good hours of material. Now, Seinfeld and Don Rickles and Zach Alfinac argued that Carlin had much more because he put out a special like every year for year after year after year. And you see how voluminous some of these comedians are like Kevin Hart in the content and Jerry Seinfeld still going on the road. And the point is, is that in our profession, sometimes as sales leaders, BDR leaders, we think there's nothing really new invented under the sun. I don't have seven hours worth of new material, like the best that's going to kill. I just have seven hours of mediocre material, that does it really make a difference? I'd rather lean on the marketing quality of the leads, the cleanliness of the data to really drive my success. And what happens, I think, David, you see this more than anybody, is it probably reaches to the level of a VP of sales or a CRO or a CEO. And they say, "If this is the best we can do for these folks. In order to hit this number, I guess we got to hire more folks. Right, Chris, you see that that, that all the time. We'll be back in a moment after a quick break.
0: Connect and Sell. Welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Connect and Sell's patented technology loads your best sales folks up with eight to ten times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing what kind of cheese they like on their Impossible Whopper kind of qualified. Learn more at connectandsell.com.
1: And we're back with Corey and Chris. So how do you kind of combat that for your clients, David, in your content of saying, That's a tree hugger mentality to say, I just want to add people. Now they cut all these people, right? We just talked about that in the last couple of months, (laughs) but I still got to replace it. Am I giving the money for headcount to marketing? Is that what I'm doing? Hey, just make the phone ring or just give me more inbounds or double down on SEM. And what do you see to that?
2: Well, right now they look at the installed base and we work in the software as a service industry. So they're looking at the customers that they have right now. How do we keep them and make sure that they don't cancel their subscription? So they're really starting to look at customer success and taking that seriously and turning away from pipeline development, which again, as we talked about, is not going to serve very well in the next few months if you take your eye off the ball there. And what I would say also is look at the efficiency of the people and the processes and the technology that you have in place right now, because a lot of these companies have have a tech stack and they, they just don't really optimize it and look at it from the perspective of setting it up correctly to really be able to get all the juice out of it. A lot of the, there may be tools that they don't even use and they don't even know that they have and and they need to get rid of and open up more budget for more effective tools and try to wring the value out of what's on hand uh, versus coming up with some new silver bullet that's going to solve everything. Yeah, for sure. Sure.
3: Well, salespeople are gamblers, so silver book is pretty popular.
1: (laughs) That's right. Well, hey, uh, David, where do we find your information? How would companies use 10-Bound today? If I'm a software as a service company and cybersecurity or UCAS, CCAS, how do I use 10-Bound services and how should I engage with you?
2: Yeah, I mean, the best way to do it is just go to 10bound.com and sign up for the newsletter. So we put out a newsletter every Tuesday that's just jam-packed with resources and, in this topic area to help people. And we put on a ton of events and different activities to activate the audience and get people the value that they need. And that's the best place, place to start with, the, with the newsletter. And you put
1: on SDR workshops, SDR as a service training workshops as well at 10Bound?
2: Yeah, we do. They're online self-paced modules. You just go to 10bound.com and you can take them at your own pace and do either the SDR training or the SDR manager training today, right after the call. <laughs> well, excellent. Well, Chris, you know, it's always great having a thought leader. Again, the folks
1: who see and feel the tectonic shifts under our feet here and are able to kind of dumb it down for those of us that are in the trenches. So David, thanks for coming on. We can certainly talk shop all day, love data like this. I think As you and Chris were riffing earlier, anytime that we can get some certainty in our trade craft about what works, it doesn't by minimizing the number of variables in the system versus trying to fix too many things at once gives an element of security and predictability reliability into the machine here that we're trying to build. And as our friend, Robert Vera, Chris, right? He says is what we're trying to do is build machines, not statues. And too often new SDR, VPs of sales, CROs, new funding is they're trying to build these statues, especially in the Silicon Valley area versus a machine. And we'll take a machine coming from the manufacturing world. I know that sings to your heart, Chris.
3: Well, you know what I say, when you get something that actually works, You don't have to know why it works, but it's a really good idea to keep using it and refining it slightly, very, very slightly. You should become conservatively aggressive at that point. That Mm -hmm. is conservative. Don't imagine you know anything great, but aggressive tweaks here and there. It's like a guy with a or a gal with a bad grip and a bad swing and you're out on the course with them and they're playing better than you. Don't ever bet against them. <laughs> that thing works. Yeah. yeah. And don't ever, you know, don't go over there and go, you know, I think you could improve by going to this little more conventional grip. There's combinations of shit that work. David, you mentioned the 27th second thing. That was a complete accident. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that it worked. We didn't invent it. Mm-hmm. A guy was doing it. We didn't know that's what he was doing that was different. We just, the science we did was much cruder than most science. It's, Put some people in a couple of rooms yeah. have them listen to the two top performers for a couple of hours with you know, connect and sell that 16 17 18 conversations and see what happens this is actually chad burmeister's idea and it was very good well one of them caught measles and started producing like the other guy then we went and compared and said oh the only thing they have in common is the 27 seconds let's use it it took five years before it was explained to me by Chris Voss, why it works. Mm -hmm. You don't have to know why things work, but in a complex world, you know I mean? Prospecting, building pipeline is similar to hitting a golf ball.
1: Well, it's funny you say that, Chris, just on LinkedIn today, there was an influential influencer on LinkedIn who casting aspersions, casting some stones on the 27 seconds. He referred to it as 37 seconds and- uh, (laughs) how it doesn't work, it's cringe, it should work, you diminish trust, and everybody has a right to our opinion. Certainly there's, it's not mathematics where it's binary. Chris Voss would disagree that there's certain alchemy equations that can produce trust, and they're not all definitive. But the millions of phone calls that we make every month, the tens of millions of phone calls, Chris, that you make every month, I would have to respectfully disagree from my fellow connoisseur of the craft, Because I don't think that this particular person Has ran a team or himself made thousands of phone calls using the 27 seconds permission based opener the right way. So we get a lot of that. And that's what I really enjoy, certainly, David, about your content, about your thought leadership. This doesn't come from an ivory tower. This comes from a perspective of being in the trenches. You have the scar tissue to prove it, as you said. When something works, it's two tablets coming down the mountain that David, Delaney, and Tenbound says does work or it does not work. And that level of certainty, our profession backed by a practitioner of the craft. When Seinfeld says something is funny, he's been in a tumble, Iowa in front of four people at 3 a.m. doing a set. And if they laugh or they don't laugh, he knows it. And when David or Chris Beale and folks like that in our profession the Trish Bertuzzi, we have to stand up or sit tall a little bit the straighter in the saddle and say, oh my gosh, um, time for a hard right turn or a hard left turn based off of your feedback. So I appreciate that. But Chris, I thought you would appreciate that. I'll send you it afterwards, what this particular influencer is saying about <laughs> you know, if it's not working you're not the over the last couple of years, right? So. Uh, my
3: my dear friend, Anthony In- Inarino did two things this year that I found to be delightful. One is he signed a copy of his book, elite sales strategies when we were together at, at the outbound conference. And he just signed it and handed it to me. I bought it, by the way, because <laughs> I will never let him give me a book and sign it. I always go buy it and ask them to sign it. So he was very kind and he signed it, but he didn't say a word. And then in the book, there were two things. One is he says that, you know, anybody uses something like that 27 second thing as a clown and won't be taken seriously. And I, I thought that and he's right about that in a certain context. It was actually a. Context question, and the other is I open the book to the introduction, and it opens by saying people buy from people they trust to make a decision they don't trust themselves to make. Chris Beal, so he quoted me to open the book, didn't, <laughs> call me it, mm-hmm. and then made fun of the 27 seconds and, <laughs> and did great. so correctly. It was all great. I loved it every last bit of it. The fact is, we're in a complex field. It's also very, very important the work that David is doing is in the most important part. Your closers will not save your company. They will not. Your pipeline will save your company. Your pipeline is the equivalent of a big fat ball of venture capital that you don't have to give away control of your company to get. You just have to go create it. And it's pretty straightforward to do. And if you have any sense at all as a practitioner, you join the 10-bound community as a member, And if you got a lick of ambition and you want to go have that audience listen to you, whether you're a service provider or whether you are a vendor of tech or whatever you happen to be, you should really consider, as you look at your budget going into 2023, consider here's a place you can put some sponsorship money where you're getting into a community that is focused on the one thing that can save your company. Because there isn't another, there's only one. And that is a fat and reliably growing and flowing pipeline, which is what David's all about. So I'm going to make a simple recommendation, which is just go sign up. And if you got something to sell to those people, then go see if you can make a deal with this guy. Maybe he'll let you do a sponsorship for a dollar less and he'll buy me a cup of coffee or something.
2: (laughs) Chris, I am saving this recording and I'm going to uh, <laughs> post it uh, regularly. So thank you.
3: Put it out there. there. It's the God's honest truth. There's not what much that makes a difference. What you are doing makes a difference, and making a difference is kind of all there is.
2: Mm-hmm. The religion of pipeline. We are
3: <laughs>
1: we are we're
2: converted.
3: Right. It's a pipeline's a machine, not a statue.
1: <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Beautiful. Well, David, once again, thanks for carving out the time to sit in the Market Dominance hot seat here with me and Chris. Fun. So another episode in the book, or maybe a couple of episodes with all this content, Chris, that you and David concocted here. So hopefully we'll do wonders for organizations as they go into Q1. So for Chris Beal, this is Corey Frank with the Market Dominance guys. Until next time.
0: Be sure to listen to the first two parts of the session with David Delaney Chris Beal, and Corey Frank. The first one is episode 160, Prospecting Inbound or Pipeline Problems. Should you hire an SDR? And last episode was Hiring Pipeline Builders Who Can Build Trust. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer, investor, or partner is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's time to really go big, you need to use an uncommon methodology to gain attention, frame your thoughts, and employ a successful sequencing that is fresh enough to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. From crafting just the right cold call screenplays, to curating and mapping the ideal call list for your entire TAM, Branch 49's modern and innovative sales toolbox offers a guiding hand to ambitious organizations in their quest to reach market dominance. Learn more at branch49.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to marketdominanceguys.com and subscribe.